Welcome to the Mind Your OT Business Podcast, where we empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura Park Figueroa. Ready to take action? Let's jump in. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for our first interview episode of Mind Your OT Business. We're going to get straight to the interview after one quick announcement that I have. Please stay tuned till the end of the episode if you are interested in nature-based therapy training. I have a big announcement to make. So for those of you it's not relevant for, you can just stop listening then. But if you are interested in the outdoors and you love nature and you want to take your work with children outdoors, listen in till the end. Okay, here's our first interview. I know you're going to learn so much. Today, I have Mandy Chamberlain with us of Seniors Flourish, and all of you probably know and love her already. She has been podcasting since 2017. That's correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And she also has the Learning Lab membership site. And the reason I chose you as our first guest, Mandy, is because your website content is so dialed in. The language on your website is so clear about who your customer is, OTs, right? And that's another reason why it's cool to have you on. Um, And the the platform that you've created to meet the need that you so clearly experienced yourself, and we'll hear about that in a minute, that platform is so robust. I mean, I'm blown away by the Learning Lab and just what I've seen online about what you've created there. And so I think it's the kind of thing that when people are just getting started, They look at your site and they go, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I could never do that. And so, and I kind of did too. And so I wanted to to come on and like actually, oh oh my gosh, actually like talk to you because I think um, it'll be so encouraging for OTs to hear how you went from the start to where you are now and kind of how you got there. And I'm, I'm just so excited. Yay. I'm excited to be here because I love you know, because I've, like you said, I've been podcasting for a really long time. And right. so it's always fun to kind of be on another podcast because then I just like get to talk a lot. And, yeah. and you're not controlling the interview or anything. Yeah. Just yeah. relax and I can just like you yeah. know, talk. I don't it's know. Great. Yeah, it's, it's great. Really fun. But thanks for having me on here. Yeah, I have been, I mean, I've been doing, uh, you know, social media and podcasting and the website for a few years now. And it's a learning process, but this is a cool platform to talk about other OTs or talk with other OTs about like business yep. and things like that, because I totally nerd out on it, but you don't really get yeah. to talk about that side of it. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm glad I, glad you invited me. So yes. Well, let's, let's nerd out about your business right yes. now because um, I, I wanted to kind of talk about, I think the first thing that we had thought about talking about yeah. on the podcast was the evolution of your business. Like when you first got started is let's talk about that first to kind of encourage the listeners here who might be thinking about starting or just getting started in their business. So talk to me about how you started your business. What did it start out as? Because I don't really know if you started out podcasting or with patient care before that and then moved into that. And then also, like, what resources were really helpful to you in the very? Oh my gosh, we have an hour. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we have an hour. <laughs> no, I mean, I started. So 
you know, I think because my business is online, it is a bit non-traditional, but it really does apply to like literally any, if you're doing private practice or anything non-traditional as well. Um, but I started, so, okay, let me back up. I, I've been, I've been practicing for 12 years or something like that. Um, and then if people follow me, I kind of talk about it often, but I had three kids in, in 13 months. I have you know, a ch- I had a baby girl and then I had twin boys. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm, you know, my original plan, because I am a planner and I like to, you know, like figure things out and know what I'm going to do step by step. I yes. think a lot of people can relate. That's kind of an OT trait. <gasps> oh, man. It's good and bad, right? But yeah. um, I, my plan was like, I'm going to work part time after I have my kids. Um, but the truth of it is, is, I mean, I live in Western Colorado. It's rural. There's actually, I mean, there wasn't a lot of daycare options. And then I realized how expensive it was to put three infants in daycare. Yep. <laughs> um, kind of changed my, my path. So yes. I decided I was at home a lot with my three infants and I was just like, oh man, I need to do, I'm like, my brain is turning to mush. Like I... <laughs> I'm going to have much brain. And so I started a web, I started Senior Flourish website, maybe when my boys were, I don't know, let's see, it was 2018. So 2000, I think, I think I started in 2015, something like that. Okay. Four years ago. Um, and I actually started the website as literally just as an outlet for me. Um, and it was actually kind of directed towards caregivers because that's kind of my my comfort zone, right? Yes. Yeah. Giving information for caregivers. There's lots of awesome caregiver websites and things like that, but more of a support. And I was like, oh, we can, you know, give something more from a medical standpoint or like, I was kind of like going to go that route. And I started kind of making some like little YouTube videos and I didn't really know what I really wanted to do. I was just kind of looking for a creative outlet. And, um, then I had a bunch of OTs reach out to me and was like, this is information I need. And, you know, and I was just like, oh my gosh, can I like serve other OTs? Wow. I loved, I mean, like in, like when I was working, like I loved having students. It was like one of my favorite things. Um, cause I like the teaching, the teaching aspect of it. Um, and I totally nerded out on like program development. I did a ton for some of the facilities I worked in, oncology rehab programs, um, ergonomic things, pre-employment. I mean, I did a bunch of different, um, program development things, which I loved. And so then when I started kind of with the information, I was kind of just putting information out there, which is, I made it sound so, makes it, make it sound so easy, but it is not as if you build it, they will come a hundred percent. It's a lot of work. It's yeah. A lot of work. But I, you know, a lot of OT started reaching out and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, that's even more fun. If I can really just like kind of talk to other OTs and support them. And so I just started like quote blogging, I guess is the right way to put it. But you know, I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses and writing is not my strength. Like I, I felt like what I was trying to say, like I I can put out info, I could put out information that was very, not not academic, but very practical. And I still do. That's how I, that's how my brain works. But to get my voice out there on paper was very much a challenge for me. Um, And I, had connected with um, Dustin Jones over at the senior, it's not the senior rehab project podcast any longer. It's called Jiro's health, but he, he is a physical therapist that focuses on 
geriatrics, older adults. And we were in like a random Facebook group together uh-huh. and he was like, Hey, I'm starting a podcast. I'm like, Hey, I'm starting a website. So we kind of like for geriatrics and there was nobody else out there doing that right. at the time. And, um, so we became friends and we supported each other and he's like, I just think you should do a podcast. And I'm like, no way. Like I can't do a podcast. <laughs> I'm not the most articulate. Like I, I, I I don't know. My North Dakota accent comes out and I say too many, you knows, and I don't, <laughs> I just can't do it. And he's like, but that's what makes you winsome. That is, <laughs> it's like yourself. And I think that's something about when we start our business, your business is a, kind of an extension of who you are. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I love so much about your website yeah. and podcast is you're just you. That's yeah. it's the beauty of it. So go on. Sorry. Uh, no, 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 that's okay. And just so I was like, he's like, and if, you don't like it. Who says you have to do it? I'm like, good point. Oh, true. Yes, that's good. <laughs> but uh, so I started just doing the podcast probably like two years later. January 2017. See, that's what I got saw. this. You got this. <laughs> I can't even listen to those. They're so painful. Like I'm oh my so gosh, I thought they were so good. Oh my gosh. You're so <laughs> kind. <laughs> but I was just like, so, you know, I was just looking for a different way to put my voice sure. out there. Yeah. yeah and you I- went for it. And I went for it and I just ended up one loving it because it was, it wasn't really about me. <laughs> That's yeah, why I like it. It's about serving people, getting yeah. information out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. And connecting with other people that have really like are passionate about the topics and different things like that. And I just really enjoyed that. So I just started doing that in 2017, um, just as a new way to kind of get information out. And right. so- and at the, also at the time, there wasn't really that many OT podcasts. So that's why it's so cool now. That there still so isn't. It's shocking. There isn't. There isn't. How, but- how few there are. And that was one of the reasons I, you know, doing this, mm-hmm. a friend of mine was like, you should do it. And I was like, no, no, same as you. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. And I think that was something we both kind of had talked about was just the feeling of like, well, who am I to do this? And what, yeah. you, know, you, you downplay yourself. And that's something we struggle with. In always general, as OTs, I think totally. we, with explaining what we do. And mm-hmm. so there's always this kind of sense of really, can I do it? But man, it's, there's so much, it's so fun to grow when yeah. you take that step out there and start doing it, you know, yeah. like still filled with doubt and self, you know, self doubt, well, but it's, it's the whole imposter fun. syndrome thing, right? Totally. You just yeah. feel like, yeah, who am I, who am I to have a podcast or put right. this information out? Or even when you start kind of like, quote, blogging or putting info, info out or whatever it is, you're like, can I do this? Like, do you, you don't feel like you're almost like you're qualified. You're like, can I, right. but we all, we, we don't doubt ourselves when we are in the clinic. We don't right. ever say, you know, I, I'm not qualified to help our clients, but, but then when you start like putting it out to the world, because you, it is definitely a different type of vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes criticism, but sure. Um, you know, I think the, obviously the pros outweigh the cons, but I think, I think it's just about like talking to the, your audience and figuring out who, who that is and how to create the language around that. Um, and I think for me personally, it's been an evolution because I was very like, I'm still professional. Don't get me wrong, but sure. I definitely am more myself now. Um, and I feel kind of like, um, you like it or you don't. And right, I feel that's, right. the way, that's the way we are in our practice as well. Right. Um, not everybody's going to be on Team Mandy and that's okay. Right, right, right. Um, right. But it is, it is kind of, it's tricky. It, it, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. 
But I mean, like, even if you're doing like private practice or something, you still have to know who is your audience and how do you tailor your message to them and your language to them. And like, you know, like yeah. in the business world about the whole avatar, maybe people don't. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe yeah. people aren't familiar with the avatar thing, but it's like figure, you think you, who is your ideal client or who your ideal person is that you would want to exactly. sell or have a communication with or get your information out and like have that in your mind. Like, you know, mine is an early 20, you know, new grad. Yeah. You know, and so like what, who, where are they hanging out? That's where I need to hang out. Yes. That's, why, that's why I'm on Instagram because, right. you know, cause that's where everyone's hanging out. Exactly. Um, <laughs> even though I'm a terrible Instagrammer. Oh man. Um, but you know, you just got to find like who, who are, who are your people and right. how, how do you connect with them and how can you best serve them? Um, did you, did you, um, what resources do you, cause I know I have a few that were really helpful to me. I'm wondering if there were certain people that informed your learning about copywriting. Cause that's like writing for a customer essentially. Yes. Right? Not, not yes. like when we say that we're not talking about like copyright on a book, like you can't copy this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Writing copy, like what you, the content you put on your website, copywriting. I, um, yeah. Like with some of the resources any, I use. Yeah. Like, did you use any resources or did you go to any trainings or like what was helpful to you or did you just kind of learn as you went? Oh man. I mean, looking back, you kind of feel it's, I think it's ever, ever evolving. Like yeah. when I started, I literally didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about a website. Sure. And my, hus- my husband's hilarious. <laughs> and, and honestly, like when I started my website, um, which isn't that long ago, but it didn't have a lot of like easy. You didn't have Wix and you didn't have some of those kind of plug and play. Like I was like, I jumped right into WordPress, which is cool, which is learning curve. Um, because I'm a planner. Right. So I was like, well, what if I, you know, what if I do a membership site? What if I do a course? Well, what, like then I have to switch, like I had all these things in my head. So I'm just like, I'm just going to start with WordPress. Um, but I, I mean, obviously YouTube is very helpful. Um, I yeah. listen to a lot of Amy Porterfield. I really like her. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like her too. Just marketing, you know, made easy kind of thing. I, you know, I literally am a research and kind of Googling kind of lady. Yes. I feel like I can, I'm like, I can figure it out. It may take me a long time. Right. Right. <laughs> that's, one of the, I, that's one of the things I, uh, I mentioned on one of the, previous episodes. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if it's quite published yet, but um, it may be scheduled for this coming Friday. But I, one of the things I talked about was knowing what to delegate because I joke on one of the podcasts, I spent so much time trying to create, for example, like a logo for the podcast. In oh. Canva. And I'm like, yeah. why am I doing this? I could pay someone $50 to do this. I know. <laughs> Not by tomorrow. I'm so stupid for wasting my time. It's well, so good to know what you can do farm out and what you actually want to spend your time doing. It's so Um, hard because like for me, when I started, I, you know, I was totally bootstrapping it and it was kind of like my side project because I had, I was, you know, like kind of transitioning from working to being home. And then I had the kids at home and I was just literally spending my evenings doing it because it was, you know, I enjoyed it too. Cause I'm like, Ooh, what can I learn about? Yeah. It was always like the ongoing joke. Like my husband's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, you know, just coding over here. And I (laughs) basically, I was like, just Googling how to code. Like, I don't even know how to code, but I can copy things well. And I'd be like, I can integrate this picture into this. So I'd literally just, right. Yeah, I'm so I'm so I'm so impressed that you use WordPress for your site because well, I 
my site designed by designers and even they use Squarespace, which I find yeah. very easy to yes. navigate and use. But, you know, I think thinking towards, because I mean, I don't know that it will ever come to fruition, but I'm, I'm interested to think about membership sites as a way to um, gather a community together that would be yeah. really invested because I feel like, yeah, you can start a Facebook group, right? For mm-hmm. a group of people that are interested in a certain topic or practice area. But I'm not sure how much people are really invested if they don't pay something. Yeah. And one of the things that's so great, I mean, I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but I, I feel like one of the things that's so great about your learning lab is that it's so affordable, mm-hmm. but it is a little bit of monthly fit money, actual money that you're investing to be part of that community so that then you really value it as a customer, yeah. you know? Um, and it's not expensive, but it's, and, and the amount of value that you are offering people for the rate that you are charging is insane. If you people that are listening to this work with older adults and do not know about the learning lab, you need to go there and look at what Mandy is offering for such a low price for so much content. And I want to get into that. So I want to hear about how you created the membership site and, and how did you, I guess let's do again, start with like what you started with. So when you first launched it, cause now you have like 400 members or something. I mean, there's a lot of people. I have, are, I have a lot. Yeah. I have probably, I've doubled that. You yeah. know, I have a lot. Oh, that's awesome. uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, okay. So basically, you know, I honestly, I didn't have a plan when I started. Like, I will be honest. Like, I, I, I knew I wanted to, like, because my husband and I are, you know, he's self-employed. We actually, you know, flip houses and do renovations and things like that. And so we do, like, you know, self-employed kind of yeah. mentality. And so, but I was always working at the hospital. And, um, you know, I, so I always had that kind of, like, itch to kind of, like, oh, what else could I do? How else could I serve this? And so when I started, like I said, when I started, like, the blog, per se, like, it was literally just not, not, I didn't have, like, a business quite plan. I had, I had, you know, and then, then you start digging around, and there's, like, all sorts of, like, online business plans, because that's different than a, you know, a brick and mortar place, business, business plan. And like, what do I envision it to look like? And what do I want it to be? And, you know, then I started like getting a little serious about it because like my audience started growing and, you know, I wasn't monetizing it or anything. And just like, you know, I really focused on like creating connections and, um, you know, creating, building on my email list. And, but I didn't really know exactly what I was going to do with that. And, you know, like I just, I just knew like those are quote things I should be doing. For an online business. This is my air quotes that no one can see what I should be doing. And, you know, I just was like, you know, I think the biggest thing is just serving right now. Like maybe I can just grow the, you know, the blog to get enough traffic. Maybe I can get some sponsors. You know, like I didn't really know. Um, And that's actually really hard to do. (laughs) Like, I mean, even now, because I mean, OT is a quite a small niche. And then you have, you know, I'm looking at older adults, adults, older adults, and that's even smaller. So, you know, I, I, you know, the traffic thing is, a, it's a whole nother beast. Um, well, and it's but, just a crowded, it's a crowded market. And it's crowded. the internet in general is just so much information. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I was just like kind of focusing on really trying to get a good quality um, content, evidence-based, um, and then, you know, connecting through social media. Um, and then, uh, you know, I kept getting, I get tons of emails like, I, 
oh, my inbox is just embarrassing. Let's be honest. But, um, you know, I just kept getting somewhat of the same types of questions over and over. Um, and a lot of them, about half of them are on level two fieldworks. So I okay. have a lot of fieldwork students. I actually work with a lot of fieldwork coordinators at universities um, that, you know, recommend it as a resource for their level right. two students as just having an extra, you know, yeah, an extra resource. And then a lot of them are new grads. And then a lot are a low, smaller percentage, but are like, they've been working in pediatrics in the schools forever. And now they're going to work in home health. And they're like, yes. Crap, right. Yeah. So like I gotta, I gotta refresh. I gotta get a little refresher on that. So, um, I kept getting some of the same types of questions and I'm like, okay, I'm cause I'm honestly answering them. I'm, a, I'm yeah. answering every email because and you're I, spending time doing that. And I'm spending time doing it. And because I, that's just who I am. Like I right. really want to give people that attention and like, people are asking me because they really have no one to turn to. And here I am, like, I want to like serve them. And so then I started, I'm like, okay, like there has to be an easier, a different way to do that. So I started exploring membership sites as a, like a, instead of a one-to-one model of one-to-many. And how does that look? You know, can I be, can I still be effective? Um, Can it still be worthwhile? Can it still like serve them and still like have that connection? So that I feel like is still, I mean, I'm always trying to improve that because it's actually kind of hard. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I started the membership site and I, you know, I built it as much as I could and I kind of jumped right in and there was a little, you know, criticism at the beginning because of like, you know, like not, not expectations and things like that. And I'm trying to use it as a method of me growing and changing and developing and telling them like saying, I love this feedback because you don't yes. on online space, you get very limited feedback on a podcast. You get right. like, I don't know, no one's complaining. So I well, guess that, it's okay. <laughs> that's what was so encouraging. To me. Well, yeah. that's what made me feel like I could reach out to you actually not to take this down a tangent, no, but totally. On Facebook, I think when I announced this podcast, you commented. I was like, oh, Mandy Chamberlain commented. Oh my gosh. And then I was like, she, she saw that I'm starting a podcast. Oh no. You know? No, I have to. No, just and, then, um, and then I said something about how your work had really inspired me and I love the oh. podcast. And you said, it's so good to hear that feedback because you don't get a lot in, yeah. in podcasting in the online mm-hmm. space. And it just was, it actually was was in some strange way encouraging to me because just starting out, I'm like, so I'm a little nervous about putting stuff out there. And you yeah. having done this for several years, we're yeah. saying, I still want the feedback. It just was, it just was cool. But yeah. Okay. Oh, good. So, I'm glad. So you, yeah. So you started to, yeah. Cause I believe it. Cause like it is, it is a whole different, like I said, you don't have that one-to-one contact per se. Like you don't yes. see the person, you don't see the body language. Those are the things that I really, you know, like I miss a lot. Um, so trying to like connect in other ways is, is really important. And, and yeah, you're like, actually, you know, having someone write a review on iTunes, it's really helpful. Oh, I, I was so, I'm like, thank you people. I can't believe you're writing reviews. You know? <laughs> yes. It really so makes it different. I mean, I mean, in general, people are going to write good reviews and if they're going to, and maybe you probably haven't experienced it, but, you know, people are going to like, I, I've changed formats on my podcast. I've experimented a lot Sure. Um, because you, because you don't get a lot of feedback, but then you do something that someone doesn't really like, they will tell you. you. Yeah. Then you okay. find out. And that's okay. But they don't usually write it in a review, but it is nice to have those little words of encouragement because because you don't really know you're just like all right right but anyway so anyways with the membership model no no, that's okay I I told you (laughs) I could talk all day um 
you know, I just, I just was exploring that. I started the membership site and then I just continue to like try to evolve and connect and try to make it per as personal as you can in a one to many, um, format. Um, so it's, it's been, you know, it's, I'm always trying to change it up and see what works more. and what doesn't. Yeah. And I add more. And it's really funny because you have, you have to kind of go with what your gut says about like what you charge. Um, okay. I think that probably depends on any type of service or whatever, whatever type of right. business you have. Um, because, you know, in, initial thought is, oh my gosh, this is for what I'm doing and what they get. It's really, really cheap. I think. Right. Yeah. Oh, I think um, it is too. It's, it's really it's cheap. People are like you should, you should pay, you know, like you should charge way more way this and that. I'm like, but here's the deal. I have, I'm trying to serve students and who are not rich don't, yeah. yeah they don't have a lot of money or they're just kind of getting going and you know but it's also so i just feel i feel really strongly about trying to keep it affordable um and so i try to like more of a all right i'm just going to do more to many to make it a profitable business for me you know i i'll just have to get more people in if if i'm going to yeah, be a successful business um versus charge more and have less people because people can't afford it or whatever right. it is and it's really right. it's hard because you look at all these other business gurus online and they're charging ton for courses and workshops and their monthly, you know, membership is, you know, $50 a month. And, and yes, I get that. But also like, I, and I think, you know, I will have like, you know, price changes and things like that. Course, yeah. But if you were to put this in a book, like if you were to actually package it, it would just, I mean, it would be obviously way, way more expensive. But the thing I enjoy about the membership model is that there's an ongoing connection with the members. Yes. And there is, you know, there's a, there, just like we all do, right? You join something and you don't really participate and that's okay. Or maybe you're a silent person that gets the information. That's okay. But then we do, I definitely have a community where there is, you know, ongoing conversation and support and it's different than a regular Facebook group. Cause I have a forum on my website, which is always like pulling teeth, trying to get people to participate on that. So I do also have a private Facebook group. Um, and, you know, it's different than a regular Facebook group in the sense of, I mean, we're all in this, they're all in the same boat. Most of them are, you know, new grads or they are um, students yeah. or they're just, I mean, because some of those Facebook groups can be brutal. Like they can be not very supportive or yeah. they're thinking like, why don't you know how to, I don't know, like adjust a walker. Okay. Here's a prime example. Like we all feel like, oh, sh but they've never, people never had a level two in it. They've never worked anywhere where you've had to. Maybe it never got right. covered in school or maybe right. it did and you just didn't pay attention. Like, honestly, yeah. like there's all these different things. Or you're learning so much and you just- You're learning forget, you know? so much. You're learning so much. And so like, I mean, I feel like my job is to support them so they can feel, you know, confident and successful it's doing fabulous. that. But people, I mean, people are like, you don't know how to do that or why doesn't your school cover that? And you're just like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, it's not, you know, like we're here to be, in my, in, in this group is to be, you know, supportive and help each other on their journeys. And right. To create I mean, like a safe space for them. Yeah. yeah I mean, honest about like, I have this question and, and that's how you learn when yes, you're able to like yes. take the risk to say, I can't remember how to do this, or this may mm -hmm. seem like a silly question, but that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think it's just, I mean, when I graduated school, I did home health, um, because there was no other jobs. And I feel like it was, I created something that I think I would have really 
I know I would have, would have benefited from it. Yeah. Right. I was alone. I was, one, yeah. I was, there was another OT and he was great, but I mean, we don't work together in home health, right? right. Like you're kind of doing your own thing and you're like, well, I kind of did. I, I, I've always had that mentality. All right. I can figure this out. I can <laughs> research. That's OT. That's <laughs> OT. We'll just figure it out. You know, figure like we bootstrap it. We figure <laughs> out how to do it. We problem solve. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that ingenuity we have, which is why I feel like more of us should be starting businesses. Oh my gosh. I do too. The, the do impact that. we could have in the world is just is just crazy. So mm-hmm. anyway, I'll, I'll stop. I'm, <laughs> I, it's like, I, I love to talk about how I want OTs to start businesses, but, um, so, okay. About the learning yeah. lab. Yeah. When you, when you, how did you get started building it? Did you take like lists of what people had asked you? Like, how did you really, or like things that you know that you would have wanted? Because I could, I watched a short video on your website about like look, a look inside the learning lab. Oh, I'm yeah, a okay. member. I work in pediatrics. So, right, right. Um, but, and I was just blown. I mean, everyone listening, you can sort by like um, diagnosis. You can sort by different area that you're working on in treatment and you get all these resources and it's all tied to evidence. It's just, it's just such an amazing resource. And oh, I'm, thanks. I'm, I'm just like the, the start to finish of it and, and that it's still growing. I mean, it's, that's the thing that's cool of, I think about a membership site is that you can continuously offer value to people and that value is only going to keep going up because as you, which you are to me, you seem to be committed to growing it and making mm. even better as it goes yeah. on. Um, so like, do you build it in WordPress? Is that how you built it? I built it in WordPress. Yes. So, you know, like I said, did you have help or did you do this yourself? No, I did it myself. I can't even believe that. I know when you, when you're in the kind of like online world, you realize how hard that is. Yes. And how, like how much time all this stuff takes. Oh, I can't even, that's amazing that you built that yourself. Well, what I did is I kind of mapped out, like literally drew on a piece of paper on how I kind of imagined it to be like, I hope I wanted it. Like that is key. Educate, yeah, mapping it out and figuring out, okay, this Drawing. is what I want. Yes. yes, and being like, I had like little graphics and things like that, and I was like, okay, I want this, I want this, I want this. Like, how do I make this work? And so there's like membership um, plugins, and so and that, I mean, those are the things that are hard. It's like, which one is best for me? Like, which one protects my content? What kind of content do I have? What kind of what? How do I want it to work? And um, I ended up not on purpose choosing one that was way harder than I probably needed it to be. But, oh, it, no. <laughs> it, but what happens is like, I get these ideas and then, like I said, I, I'm like, well, what if in the future I want to add this? And what if in the future I want to add that? Like, I can't, it's really hard to change. I find it hard. Like, like if you have an email system, like I use get yes. response, like if I want to change from MailChimp to get response, like that's just like, oh, like yeah, no. I get, it's such a nightmare. I use MailChimp. I don't love it. And the thought of trying to change, I just yes. can't. I'm like, yeah. I'm just stuck with MailChimp forever. Yes. See, and that's, <laughs> and that's how I, I love it. <laughs> that's how I thought about WordPress. That's how I ended up with WordPress. That's how I ended up with this like membership plugin. Cause I'm like, what if I want to add this? Um, and so it ended up being a lot, but at the same time, it's like, now I have it down, like just like any other software, right? Yes. I figure it out. But yeah, I had it, had it mapped out and I under, I finally got an understanding of how like a membership plugin works, how it protects your content. And, um, and then I literally just, st- it sounds so like, oh, I literally just started researching it a lot. And then there's um, a, um, a podcast called the Membership Guys podcast. There's lots of po- membership 
podcasts out there now. Oh, cool. um, I didn't know that. Yeah, when I like when I started, it sounds like it's only been like four years, but a lot of memberships have exploded. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, and but the one these guys are these English. Uh, they have <laughs> these Jordy. If you, my husband's English, so I like the Northern English heavy accents. I love them. So they're fun to listen to. They're fun to listen to. <laughs> they have great guests, but they also are, you know, very practical. And they have a membership about teaching people how to do membership sites. Oh, cool. So yeah. the podcast is the Membership Guys? The Membership Guys podcast, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super. I mean, there's so many, so much great information. So I started the, mem- before I even found these guys, I, I figured out about membership plugins. I mapped, like I said, I mapped it out, figured out what I wanted. So when I started, I just started by adding like little mini videos on questions that people had. Like these are the questions, the most common questions that I get. Yes. So this is where I'm starting with, because I also like, we talked about the avatar and like figuring out what do people want. I've been practicing, you know, like now I've been, you know, a therapist, I don't know, like how long, 16 years. I can think of a hundred things that I would want in a, you know, in right. a membership, but like that, who am I serving and like, what do they want? You know what I yes. mean? And so sometimes it's really, really, some of it's really basic. Um, but some of those are like foundational clinical things. Like, yes, uh, my, my example is always like titrating oxygen because that's something that people like, I don't really learn that in school, but I don't know anything about titrating. Right. Like, what are the rules and regulations? Like, can I do this? How do I do you know, just like some of those kind of clinical things, but then it's like treatment ideas and everything like that. So I just started with the common questions. And then I, so I have a section on like clinical treatment ideas, and then I have a section on assessments, and then I have like clinical resources. And then I have like, you know, the community, because I want the community is an important part for me. And then like bonuses, like I, I don't know, like talk to different companies and say, hey, can I get a discount on and offer it to the community. And offer it to people as just kind of like a bonus for being a part of the that's community. That's great. So that's how I kind of set it up. So that's how I envisioned it. Like that's how I wanted it. And so I just started kind of building it and putting it together. But then it's like you have to figure out, okay, like how do you host your videos? Like, okay, do I go with Vimeo? Do I go with, you know, uh, YouTube? And how do yes. I protect it? And like how do I get it so it's not public? And like there's, there's a lot now, but now that I have it, I've been doing it for a while. Now it's like, okay, I have my system. Sure, your systems and, are in place. But, but I think um, that's, that's a very good point that I want to pause here and make note of is that a lot of times there's all this talk, at least in the things that I've read, there's all this talk of, you know, passive income. Yeah. Oh, Everybody gosh. wants passive income. <laughs> Everybody wants and passive income. <laughs> we all want to sit on a beach in Tahiti drinking a Mai Tai and be making oh money, gosh. you know, but so here's true. the thing. Passive income, like it appears as though you, Mandy Chamberlain, have all this passive income rolling. Oh my goodness. Right. It is not yeah. passive income. I mean, yes, it's online income. It does give you a lot of freedom to work mm-hmm. from wherever you want to. You're not tied to a location, which is awesome. And yes. I, I always encourage people to think about that when they're starting businesses. Like if you're going to start a business, think about what you want that ideal life to look like. And if that's something you value, like you want to work from any location, then great. Start an online business. But don't think that an online business, and I know Melissa LaPointe, who's a a, a consultant on all the Facebook groups and is amazing. She often says that too in a lot of her... um, and a lot of her educational stuff that she she just says, don't think that online business is like not working. You know, yes, it's yes, it's a lot of work to get yeah. it set up, and it's also 
she she made a comment once i think too that it's also hard on your body sometimes to be like sitting and staring at a screen all oh day. my gosh so it's so true to, to hear you talk about how much work it is behind the scenes to produce mm. something like this um yeah. but what value you're offering to people i mean it's really I, I keep thinking like my business brain is going, I know. is there a pediatric thing like this? Because this is a total need because so many oh my gosh. pediatrics and there needs to be something like this. Like, I've, you know, I, I you know, I, like, I have all these like long-term goals and I'd love to have it as like a PT one, like, you know, under like for geriatrics, like for PT and speech. And then I was like, oh, you could just like, or I could expand it but then you know you have to hire someone and that's okay but i know how the systems work you're like i could you know hire someone to do a pediatric one or help you know help develop right. one or you know there's 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 so many different avenues that i could go but yes i agree with that like my work looks different right so like some like today mondays are first you know the first couple first week of the month i batch a lot of information so i try to do i i keep a running list of um videos and things like that that you know the members are looking for um and each week i have something different so the first week of the month i do two additional education videos the next week i put out a new resource the next week i or sorry like a clinical resource and then we do a journal club and then the next week i do like a handout so there's some i have something going on every week in the in the lab but then i have you know my podcast and producing those and then you know blog articles and working with companies and you know doing my own and things like that and so like there's always i mean just like all i think businesses there's always something to do something. like i have to like <laughs> yesterday is mother's day and um we you know did some family things and this in the afternoon i was like oh my gosh i, I should get and my daughter's like can you not work today i'm like i know i know i'm so bad i'm so bad but i'm so super driven as well yeah. and so like you know like i have the advantage of like you know my going on a field trip with my kids i have that flexibility but yes. then also like you know i'm working you know from seven to ten o'clock at night so it, yeah. it, there's pros and cons um and yeah you are at the computer a lot and you're like yeah. gosh my eyeballs are gonna fry right, right. Head. everything starts to blur and you're yeah, and yeah, yeah. so it just, i it love just i, I love that that you talked about like going to your daughter's field trip because mm -hmm. i think that's something too like i i am so much busier than i have ever been in my work life i'm i'm not full-on just doing my business i'm also like teaching and working yeah. part-time on my phd oh my so gosh. it's a joke i have like three part-time jobs right uh -huh. and somehow my friend convinced me to start the podcast <laughs> i was like you know what i'm doing right now well you can do it you can do it so um but anyway the thing is when you're really doing what you love mm. i feel like um it, it it's like there's a joy in it that doesn't burn you out as quickly. It almost becomes hard to take a break because you love what you do so much. I, I have to force yeah. myself to not work because I just love reading business books and I love doing podcast stuff I and I love reading research, which is really strange. But um, I do too. Maybe we're soul sisters. <laughs> we should be. Also, because you said you like peanut butter cups and coffee. Yes. So we should be friends. That oh is. My what I, oh my god! I'm just, coming I, over. I'm coming over. <laughs> No, but uh, no, yeah. it's it's actually really true. It, they also say of that little saying about entrepreneurs, right? Like you'll work a hundred hours, so you don't have to work forty hours. 40, oh, work, yeah, yeah. So you <laughs> don't have to work forty hours for someone else. But also, I completely agree. Like I love it. Like I love everything about it. I get to do OT 
things, which of course I love the profession of OT. Um, I get to like nerd out on research and like the business aspect of it, which I love. And, you know, like the development um, of, um, you know, like the business aspect or like changing things up and like trying to be strategic. And, you know, I will say for me, the thing I do like the least is the marketing. Oh man. I don't like it. Like it's not, it's not comfortable for me and I don't really like it. Um, but it's part of the deal because I, like I said before, I do not, it's not a, if you build it, they will come. Like you do have to, you know, connect and promote and talk about it. And, um, you know, like it's, it's, it's finding, but I'm like, I want to do all the fun stuff. The stuff that I think are fun is fun. Well, tell me, so you, you mentioned marketing because I love marketing, but I, I, I'm interested to hear what you do do for marketing because you say you don't like it, but have Uh you tried any, have you paid for marketing or do you do mostly in the communities on Facebook or kind of what's your, I've, I've. I have like this running list of all these different things I've tried, not necessarily tried because in general, I, most things have been successful. Like, I don't want to say like, I, I'm trying to find like that sweet spot of like what I enjoy and what works. Right. And right. so, um, you know, I have an email list, so I, you know, have some, you know, email funnels right. where you are providing information and then you're talking about your product and then, you know, like, you know, pitching the product yeah. and, and like, this is a, also a service. So I have things like that, which I think there's always room for improvement on. Um, I always, you know, I'll join people's email list. Sorry, people, if I'm joined any of yours, just cause I want to see how you're, how right, you Right. Of course. Absolutely. Right? Um, you know, um, so, you know, I do a lot of those kinds of things. I, you know, I find things that work for well for me because I'm online is, um, when I can connect with them in a, in a way that, and then I can kind of pitch it. So like if I do maybe like a webinar, um, or an education thing, um, like I'm trying to think of some, I did like Facebook live. Okay. Um, like an event. I haven't done those yet. I've been like, that's kind of on my list. Is like, really, I actually, I find them really fun. I mean, they're a lot of work. They're right. They're a lot of work in getting things going. And I think you can make them as easy, as hard as you can. But I, like I said, I, I, I kind of, I'm not a half-asser. So I like to like really, you know, right. do it. Um, and so, and, but the other thing is, is like now that I've been doing them for a while, I can like crack them out once a year and be like, yeah. I'm going to be doing, um, a Facebook challenge on occupation-based activities, you know, occupation-based activity, you know, ideas or kits and things like that. Like I did one last year for the first time. And I mean, it was, I had a crazy response. I did a webinar, um, last year. Um, and I, you know, put it out to my, on social media, I put it out to my email list and, you know, I, you know, I had tried to get people to pre-register. So I had, I don't know, like 400 people pre-register. That's amazing. Yeah. That's but, great. For the free webinar, because you know people like free things. I get it, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but what ended up happening is all these people, you know. So for my webinar software, I had you know five hundred person limit because I had four hundred people. I'm like, perfect. I had like nine hundred people show up, show up, and people were mad. I even put, but I had put on there. I'm like limit 500 people. Like, I don't, you know, but I don't the know. Platform then shut down because too yeah. many people were trying yeah. to access it. Yeah, oh, and I'm like, gosh. oh gosh. Well, maybe that this is the best way to do. It. Like, those are the things that you can't plan yeah. for. That you can't please everyone, and people, you know, like, 
live and learn and try to figure it out and be like, oh, that's a popular topic or, oh, maybe, yeah. okay, is it that popular? Maybe I should be creating um, a course around that. Like yes. if that's something that people are really looking for, which yeah. I did, I mean, I, I did it because I think it's a fun topic and it's really practical. And I was like, oh, this is great, right? This so the webinar was on occupation-based um, yeah, kids OT and intervention. Yep. And kits and treatment ideas. Um, yeah. Like putting more occupation in occupational therapy. Um, cause it gets lost in adults. It a lot does get lost. Yeah. And so I was just kids, like, we can just be like, we're playing. Totally. totally. <laughs> and it, it's crazy how it can be so hard sometimes, which you feel like it shouldn't be, but it can be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, so things like that, it's like you can learn, but you know, so I did a webinar, a free webinar. And then I talked about the lab at the end and just said, Hey, we're doing a promotion or, you know, like we're, you know, kicking right. it off and you, for the month yeah. or whatever. Um, and things like that for marketing are way more, for me, way more successful than um, email funnels. Um, I think yeah. the connection, and I feel like there is a level of no like and trust. So they say, yeah, no true. like and trust you. They, they, they know you, that you know what you're talking about. You're providing, you know, good content that's, you know, especially in our, in our right. profession, you want to evidence-based and practical. It doesn't necessarily need to be this academic, like sometimes right. it's very academic, but I'm like, these are things that we can actually use, like take right. it home, like take it home and use it. In and that's like going back to what your customer mm -hmm. needs, right? Not mm -hmm. what, what we necessarily think, <laughs> yeah. that, but like what they actually need. And yes, I, I wanted to circle to the email funnel. Cause I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't see a lot of OTs at least in private practice, doing this on their website. So I just want to be clear for everyone what an email yeah. funnel actually is because it can sound Good like one. a it kind of like salesy, you know, kind of marketing yeah. thing. But basically what it is, is you set up something on your website mm -hmm. where people can join an email list and you're going to, on that email list, you're going to offer free content to them. So you're not actually selling something to them, right? right. You're, right. you're wanting to, occasionally you might make an offer yes. or something, but so... On, on my website, the way we've set it up is we basically have parents join, we give them a little free, you know, top three OT tips, like, you know, a couple of things, really simple. I mean, they're Something simple. Helpful. Things. Yeah. Yeah. For, to do with your kid, to help them, we, we say, be more um, coordinated, confident, calm, and caring. That's like our little line. Oh, so, so basically, they get that first email and then once a month or so, they get a very helpful email similar to what you've been saying, Mandy, like about the, um, the questions that parents ask us all the time. Yeah, so yeah. basically I just wrote, I'd write a really friendly email. It's like, you're talking to the family, not like an yeah. academic yep. article. <laughs> um, and just short things that can help them in daily life with their kids. And so they start to build that know, like, and trust because you're giving them this useful information, but you're not asking them for money. I'm not asking them to register for our services or anything like that. But I love what you said because you're right. There's something about the email inbox. We talked earlier. Our email inboxes are flooded. Yes. Um, and and it's, it's hard sometimes. I wonder sometimes if those emails get lost in the shuffle and people don't. Although I do have pretty high open rates compared to what they say is industry standard on MailChimp. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and that copywriting stuff will really help too. Like write, help you write emails that are targeted to your client. Mm -hmm. But I wonder about like, that what you just said was a big like aha moment for me about the webinar being more personal. Like you're actually seeing, or, or Facebook lives mm -hmm. might be a great thing to use in marketing plus your email funnels because you're really 
you're really able to communicate in a human way instead of just in like someone staring at a screen. And I think we've yeah. lost that in today's world. So I think that's a really great tip for people. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you can definitely, oh, sorry, sorry. I get excited and I totally. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I was just saying human connection is good. That's what it's about. You know, and that's why I was saying that's why I started the podcast is because I felt like I was, my copy wasn't, wasn't like showing what I was trying, the passion or the, right. you know, the connection that I really wanted to give. Right. And so I was like, I can talk, like I can like connect. I feel like that's where I, that's where I shine is being able to like connect and talk to people. Um, and, and so that's why I started the podcast, but you're exactly right in the sense of like, I think, you know, I, when I started with all this you know, Facebook live seemed weird. It felt awkward. Like, am I going to do a webinar? Like all these people are looking at me. Right, like, right. <laughs> it's, so, it's so odd, but the more, honestly, the more you do it, the more, the easier it is. And it is really, um, specifically, I think on Facebook, um, you know, you can really, if you have like a brick and mortar practice, it is, you know, you can have it very, um, not specialized in the right word, but it's, you know, it's, you're going to have the people that are going to be following you are the people that are one, probably your target audience, unless it's like your aunt and your grandma, which maybe <laughs> you know, like I have all these right. friends and they're so supportive. They like, like all my things on my, I'm like, I love it. Like, yeah, yes. good to have that support. But also, yeah. I mean, like if you get into Facebook ads and that's a whole nother topic, but, um, you know, you can really target them to your local area. So if you're yes, doing brick and, brick and mortar, like me, obviously mine is much broader, the whole OT audience, you know, but, um, you can definitely, you know, narrow it down to, you know, your local area or who your ideal client would be. And, you know, and when you're doing those Facebook lives, sometimes you, you know, you can actually see how many people are watching you, which there's, pros and cons to it. Right. Yes, so you're right. like, you're like, okay, I'm doing this Facebook live and three people are watching me like, oh my gosh, is this even worth it? But, right. but those Facebook lives do get popped up. If, if somebody, let's say you have, you know, 300 people following you on your Facebook page, your business Facebook page, and you do a Facebook live, only like three people watch it. All right. Okay, fine. But those 300 people, those Facebook lives, um, it's like a whole ag algorithm. They stay and yeah. they pop up in those people. They, they're prioritized. Yeah. Facebook lives are prioritized over Facebook posts and things like that. So oh, that's so interesting. I didn't so, know that. I mean, yeah. I had read that I had read something about that they were promoting Facebook lives and I, I have always been like, maybe we should do it. The, the hard thing for me is a lot of times when I want to do one, mm -hmm. I'm out in the woods where I have no signal. Hey, everybody look at this awesome thing that's happening with these kids and yeah. I have no signal to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that might be a challenge, but I mean, you don't have to have like this, you know, sitting down in an office kind of thing. It right. can be like where, I mean, people really are interested in actually, you know, like what you do on a daily basis. Day -day. Like what is, what, yep. what, are, what does it look like? Even, even if you feel like it's not very exciting. Cause I mean, it's hard for me to show that because I literally am at a computer a lot right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. To, to show that. But like when you're in, obviously if you're in your own clinic, then you know, it's different, but, um, you know, it's just like you, people like, it doesn't have to be this formal sit down yeah. one hour educational thing. You could just be like, Hey, quick tip of the day, blah, 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 blah. P people like to see you. And that is one, I, a challenge that I find <laughs> because, um, you know, my audience is new grads, students, um, in general, 
Um, and we're they're, they're, <laughs> they're very familiar and comfortable with like selfies and videos and things like that. I'm like that in between age where yep. <laughs> like I, you know, like it's not comfortable for me and I am like, okay, I can do it. Like I want to connect. And I feel like that is an important aspect of my business is connecting, but I'm just like, Oh man, I can do it. But I do, I just get on there and do like little quick tips and things like that. And, um, you announce and it, I I feel like with Facebook live, don't you announce in advance? You say like in two hours I'm going live or something. You can. Yeah. Yeah. You can make a big, like I've done, like I said, as a promote, not promote. Yeah. Like as a promotion kind of thing, like a marketing thing. Um, I'll do, I'll make it an event and be like, okay, okay, like next Thursday. And I don't, I found that if you, you can't do, I, I personally can't do like too far in advance advertising for it or like talking about it because no, no one plans ahead. So I'll be like, okay, it's Tuesday, Thursday. I'm doing this, you know, Facebook live at six o'clock. Yeah. Um, if I really want that, if I really want the attendance and I really make it an event where I'll be like, Oh, sometimes I'll do giveaways for, you know, products and prizes sometimes, you know, in addition to like, a like a talk and then, you know, right. I'll, you know, I'll do a topic and then I'll talk about the topic. And then hey, if they want the, you know, free PDFs, if they, you know, are not on my email list, you can, you know, get on, you know, get some that free information through and then get on my email list or, um, some people just like to get the information cause it's great. And then they can do Q and a with Facebook live. That's the advantage of Facebook live. You can do Q and a on certain topics. So then people type their question and mm-hmm. you respond, right? Cause it's yeah. a one way. That's the thing I think that's a little, a little nerve wracking about Facebook live is it's a one way communication tool. I mean, verbally it's yes. a one, you're, yeah. you're kind of giving them the content and then they would, they would type a question in the comments below. Mm-hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like I'd get distracted by wanting to read all while I'm talking, you know, like (laughs) totally. And you know what? Things that are helpful. I've had people, um, you know, like help quote, help me like, as in you'll be like, okay, like I'm doing the Facebook live. I have a, you know, OT friend that's like helps me kind of like filter some of the questions a little bit and will, or help direct. And some of those kinds of things, it just depends on, there's so many things that it depends on. And you know, that may, you may feel like that's quote too advanced for you, but actually I feel like that is a really easy first step to kind of like get people familiar because we do, we focus on, especially when we're starting a business. I mean, I did it right. I'm not saying like our logo is not important. I'm not saying that our website has to look pretty. It's not important. Uh, it it is in the long run, but what we're really trying, what are we trying to achieve? We're trying to like, I found myself getting wrapped up into the, all that stuff Me too. Yeah. Because I think we all do because we get excited and you can and always we want it to look professional. We want the brand to look professional. That's yes. one of my biggest failures is I spent so much money having my website designed and my logo. And I was like, such a waste of money. I mean, I, it's beautiful. I love it. I love the outcome, yeah. but I'm like, not, not necessary. Like I, I was starting, I, I think. Yeah. And it's a, it's a mistake I made and I own it and it's fine. Totally. It's yeah. Water under the bridge now. But I, I've, I've shared that mm-hmm. in the past too. And some of the writing I've done, um, to the business email list, because it just feels like, why did I spend so much money? Like I could have, cause I bootstrapped for a little bit and then I was like, okay, we're official now. And I haven't, yeah. and I need to have a professional website, you know? And I'm like, eh, I don't know if I really needed that. Like it's kind of, I think it's more important to offer value and to have those human connections with people. But mm-hmm. 
we, we have just a few minutes left, so I want to make sure I hit these last couple of questions. Okay, yes. I, I've, I'm skipping a lot because, you know, it's just <laughs> life love to have you on again. I love this conversation. Um, so there's a couple of things that I always want to end with anyone I interview with. I, there, you, you already are prepared. Don't worry. Okay. I was okay. like, oh, man. No, oh, no, man. Nothing. No. no curveballs coming here. Um, so I'm really big on these self-reflective questions to guide how we work as business owners and also how I work as an OT and how I am as a teacher and everything. Yeah. Um, the self-reflection questions after any experience, like what went well, what went wrong, what yeah. can I do differently next time? So I think about it like the positives, the problems, and the potential solutions. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to flip it a little because I want to talk about the, the problems first so we end on a happy note on the oh, positive. Good. But what, and you've kind of said, you kind of shared a little bit of a quote unquote failure, which I call a fail learn because I feel like we learn from all of our failures Yeah. about the webinar and people being mad and not being able to come in. But I'm wondering if maybe that is it, but if, is there anything else that comes to mind about a failure that you've had that you really learned from in your business and what you learned from it? I think when I, definitely when I started, um, Okay. Let me back up. I, I, there's like, my brain is going hundred miles an hour. I, you know, it's You're hard. Like, which because, one? Which one? I know. I know. It all makes so, so many when you're starting. <laughs> so true. Part of me is always like, you have to just start. Like you have to, you yes. never feel ready. You never feel like your website's ready. You never feel like you're ready. You never, like I, or I shouldn't say you, maybe I'm just, me. I never felt like, oh, I resonate. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's you just true. have to kind of just do it even though you don't feel like you have all your ducks in a row. And I feel like for me, that's really challenging. Like I said before, like I like to plan. Um, I had like, I had deadlines. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start the membership site March 1st or whatever. And then you get to March 1st and you're like, Oh God, like ready. (laughs) Is it not like, is it robust enough? Is it, you know, is, is charging, you know, whatever. $14.99, like, are they going to feel ripped off? Are they going to feel like it's like, I try to like have the, preface everything with like, it's an evolution. Like it's yes. like, I'm adding everything every week and like try, but it's hard when it's not robust. Like right now I've had it for, you know, to almost two years and it's robust. Like there's a yes, lot in there. So it's so much there. Yep. So like no one's ever, I don't feel like anyone's ever going to feel like, Oh, there's not enough information in here for me. Right. Like what am I paying for? But like when I first started, like the memberships, I, I feel like part of it is I didn't quite listen <laughs> dang it. I didn't quite listen to my audience the way I do now. Like I didn't, I feel like that's the most important thing because I feel like when you can listen to your audience, just like if you listen to a client, right? If they can guide, they can guide your treatment. You can guide your business. Um, and so, you know, like people were saying they wanted certain things and I was just like, you know, I don't, really want to go down that route. And that's part of a business strategy, right? But like, I feel like it was kind of a little bit, not detrimental because obviously I'm still going and it's still for me, but I feel like I could have maybe grown a little bit faster if I would have just listened to everybody in the first. That's great learning. Yeah, that's great. Just in the first place, um, you know, because you just, you, because like I said, you have an idea of what you want it to look like and what you want it to be. And then some, you know, people are telling you that's not, and you're like, right. oh, you know, this is what I want. This is kind of how I want to do it. And then you kind of realize that that's the input that you need. Like that's yes. what you need to just listen. You got to listen to your yeah. customer. And so Absolutely. I felt like I was, but I, and I was to a point, 
but I've yeah. kind of like on my own terms. <laughs> yeah. Like letting go of your own, like your own vision and your own expectation of exactly what it was supposed to be and, yes. and staying true to your values, but then yeah, letting yeah. your customer kind of guide where you go in, in staying in alignment with those values, I mm -hmm. guess. It's see, that's that was way more articulately. See, I can't even say articulately. Wait, oh, please. No, I'm just summarizing the genius that you just shared. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. Sorry. Yes, yes, sorry. Um, what is the one thing that you feel has most improved your effectiveness as a business owner? Gosh. Um, I, I honestly think it's a, a personal, the connections with people and connections with your audience, whatever that looks like. If you're in the community, like you need to get out in the community and make absolutely with your clients, potential clients, let it be through free educational sessions or um, answering questions, a Q and a on certain topics. Like I'll, I'll even do like, I have to, it's really hard because I, I'm not like, I also have, you have to know like your limitations, right? Like I'm, I don't know everything. Like sometimes right. people feel, I'm like, no, I have to like do the research and I'll get back to you. And people are really cool about that. But like, sometimes like you're on this online space and then everybody just thinks you should know everything. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a learner, human. like human, <laughs> like I want to learn and I'm here to learn. I'm really good at finding resources and I'm really good at finding research and I'm really good at connecting with people that know a lot lot more things than I do. And so that's, those are my strengths. So when I say Q and A on certain topics, like I have to very strategically pick what topics that I am going to do an open Q and A on Q right. and A on, on like on Facebook live or something. Like I can't like just, if I just have it open to the world, like then they're asking all sorts of things. I'm like, I, you know, right, right. I don't know. And I'll say like, I don't know. And you know, I'll get back to you on that. And then I do, but like, you know, you, I think it's that those connections with people that get lost I think sometimes because we're in business mode let it be online business or brick and mortar business and we're just kind of like charging forward because we're driven and we're excited and we know what we want to do yes but it really comes down to for me anyway like serving from the heart and like really trying to be um, a good businesswoman and um, also like serving my clients or my you know my audience or however you want to put it because it's very non-traditional but also like just being true to myself and like making it a win-win. Like I want to be able to, you know, be honest and like say like, yes, I'm making money on this, right? This is a business and I'm not, a, I'm not embarrassed to say you're making money. I'm making money because this is a business. We all got to live. We do <laughs> and we all do it. But it's just, I feel like sometimes we, we, we shy away from that. Um, it's, I don't yeah. know why it's different when we work for someone else and, you know, I feel like we're we, making money. Yeah. yeah, we're making money and we can serve our, you know, our clients. We can serve our audience and make money and be, you know, make it a win-win for every, for everyone. Yes. Like, yes. I just, I just think that that's such an important thing. And I, you know, I, that's why I love like OT being able to like, you know, advocating for OT entrepreneurs, because I feel like we are obviously, I think we're the perfect profession for this. Like we, there's so much we can do. We're very creative. I think sometimes we kind of need to get, I guess, get over the fact that we can be successful business, you know, men and women and yes. serve and feel like you are still helping people because I feel like that's right. what most of us want to do. We want to just help people. And so like, how, why can't we combine combine that and like 
yeah, make it a win-win for everyone. So I don't know. I love it. It's just such a great note to end on, like owning our worth as OTs and knowing that we have what we need and we can access resources to be great business owners and take the OT love into the whole world to serve people. Yay! Yes, exactly right. Okay, Mandy, tell (laughs) people where they can join the Learning Lab find you. Well, I am at SeniorsFlourish.com and then the Learning Lab is SeniorsFlourish.com backslash Learning Lab. And like I said, I've worked with tons of fieldwork educators, um, facilities like that feel like they just need their, some of their new um, employees or graduates or fieldwork students need more support. Um, and yeah, I'm on Instagram a lot. I'm, a, I'm on Instagram a lot. That's where, my, <laughs> that's where my tribe hangs out. Um, but I'm also on Facebook, all on um, Seniors Flourish. So join me hang out get some free info and you know like i just just got to spread the ot love you know yes you're also on the ot entrepreneurs forum which is where i i I connected with you so yes i'm in a lot of facebook groups because i like to i like to keep my you know finger on the pulse and what's going on out there yes it's good (laughs) it's like it's such a great resource we're living in this age of interconnection with technology but these face-to-faces are still really great yeah yeah, (laughs) yeah, thank you mandy so much (laughs) bye bye oh my gosh you guys did you take away as many things as i did from that interview because i feel completely invigorated in my business now after talking to mandy So many great things she shared with us, but I think my favorite quote, which I will repeat again, she said it near the end, it's those connections with people that get lost sometimes because we're in business mode. It really comes down to serving from the heart, serving my clients and being true to myself. Awesome wisdom there. So along those lines of connection with others, That relates perfectly to my big announcement. So I have pulled back a little bit from teaching at the university next year because I want to invest more time in my business, which is also a little stressful because it means the business needs to be supporting me and my family because I won't have that large steady, well, let's be real, it wasn't very large, steady paycheck from the university coming in every two weeks. So I have thought really carefully about what I wanted to do and I thought about going back into, you know, working with children in the, in the woods and in my outdoor practice. But when I really listened to what I wanted to do, I realized that what I love is coaching business owners and people starting up their businesses. And I love teaching, but my big epiphany was that I don't have to teach just at the university. I could teach actually in my business. I have so much content and so much writing and so much thinking that I've done, so much research that I've looked at over the last several years about nature-based therapy. And we've developed this whole Contigo approach, the connection and transformation in the great outdoors approach at Outdoor Kids OT based on all this research we've done in our work with children. And so as I thought about it, I realized that we need to start training people in this approach. We need to share this. It needs to not just be for Outdoor Kids OT. It's my better done than perfect, guys. It's not going to be perfect. A theory or a theoretical framework or a model that you use for therapy is always emerging, right? But it's so ready to be shared with the world, and I want to share it with you guys. So 
We are offering the first Therapy in the Great Outdoors training retreat for pediatric practitioners this November, November 2nd through 5th, 2019, if you're listening to this at a later date, (laughs) Um, in Soquel, California. It's right near Santa Cruz, about 45 minutes from the Santa Cruz, um, I'm sorry, the San Jose Airport. So if you are a pediatric practitioner who wants to learn how to do nature-based therapy, because nature-based therapy is not just outdoor play. You need a framework, a therapeutic framework for doing outdoor therapy. You might be overwhelmed by logistics and the unknowns. And you also might need just some ideas to get started and a framework to help you think as you get started. And I also think a lot of us need inspiration and rejuvenation in our work with children, and I really think that nature-based therapy can be a way to do that for therapists, too. It's pretty transformational. So when we teach you this Contigo approach at the Therapy in the Great Outdoors training, we really are going to give you that framework you need. We're going to give you the ability to blend therapy with nature connection to really optimize outcomes for the children that you're seeing. It's going to help you guide your therapeutic reasoning without inhibiting your own creativity as a therapist. The other thing the Contigo approach will do is allow you to have a shared mental model if you want to grow your nature-based therapy business, and you can easily train other employees in the model so that they can use this too, and you guys have a shared uh, mental model about how you're going about doing your outdoor therapy services. And then finally, it's going to empower you to offer a really unique service to people in your community that will set you apart from other therapy practices locally. So we're going to have this be a really awesome combination of really practical learning, understanding the the theoretical base and the research evidence base for why we would do OT or other therapies too, because this isn't just for OTs, guys. It, It can apply to PTs, speech therapists, mental health workers, a lot of people. Um, but to understand that, that evidence base for doing nature based therapy, and then we're going to have it be practical too. We want to have these practical skills like fire starting and knife skills and how to build a fort and how to do different therapeutic outdoor activities and crafts and how to hang a tree swing and what are different tree swing activities you can do with children in therapy sessions. So there's going to be a lot of practical stuff too. We're going to give everyone who comes to this training retreat, a free copy of the book that I just wrote, and it's in final editing right now. I feel like I've been saying it's been in final editing for a year now. It hasn't. It's been a few months, but still. <laughs> um, soon, It's soon to be published, activity book called Therapy in the Great Outdoors, The Essential Guide to Taking Your Pediatric Practice Out and in Nature. The book has 45 activities, I think, that are consistent with the Contigo approach. And that will be kind of a ready-made, here's stuff to do outdoors for you in that book. You're going to get that if you come to the retreat. We'll also have, just for people who attend the retreat, this is not going to be published, um, you know, for purchase otherwise, is the Contigo Approach Training Manual, which will give you, like, guidelines for implementation. It will give you um, program practices and kind of the role of the therapist in the Contigo Approach. You'll get all of that. And then we're also going to give you loads of tools, systems, and checklists because you know me, I love the business stuff, getting it organized. So these, these types of things will really help you get started without feeling overwhelmed with all the logistics, waivers, behavior policies, pricing guidelines, all of that stuff. 
and a goal bank of nature-based therapy goals that address children's motor coordination, mental health, sensory processing, and social skills. But most of all, you're going to leave these four days together confident, inspired, and equipped to offer nature-based therapy for children. You are going to know how to go back to your practice and start integrating this approach immediately in what you do. And it's going to really change the way you think about child development and about nature and how they go together. So I hope that you guys can join us. I don't want you to be struggling and trying to figure out how to do this all alone. That's the whole reason that people pay me to talk to me about this because it's, it's, there's a lot of logistics when you get started doing nature-based therapy. And I don't want you guys to spend the time doing that. Like I promise you this is worth the investment of your time and money that you will make because you'll spend so much time trying to figure it out on your own and we're going to give you so much support to help you do this efficiently and effectively. There's occupational adaptation again. (laughs) So I want you guys to come. If you are interested, you can go online to www.outdoorkidsot.com slash training outdoorkidsot.com slash training. We have 12 spots left that are the all-inclusive spots where you have lodging and food included and the training. There are also some commuter spots which do not include lodging. So you can choose either of those options when you register on our website. You can go to the website for all the nitty-gritty details. There's lots of other stuff that I didn't say, but I wanted to try to keep this short because this is a very long episode now. So I, I so hope to meet some of you there and connect with some of you and, and have some in-person time together. It would just be awesome. So let me know if you have any questions and we'll see you next time. My action step from this episode is to go in front of more people. So I might be doing some Facebook lives to talk about what we're going to do at the retreat and maybe do some Facebook lives for Outdoor Kids OT for parents too, but we'll see. I'm always worried about HIPAA with that. That's something we didn't cover. So maybe we can talk about that in a future episode. Okay, guys, until next time, just remember those small steps make great gains over time. So until next time, mind your OT business. (music) 